devil in the deep sense. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everybody, I'm Rob Parkinson and this is Devil in the Detail, your independent fan podcast for the Salford Red Devils. Joining me on the show this week, as ever, Paul Whiteside, right Paul? Hiya Rob, you okay pal? Bit of a traumatic week, are you? Losing the breath when the phone broke? Oh I know, I know, but never mind, I mean the result on uh, Friday, uh, Thursday, sorry, cheered me up, no end mate, what a, what a win. Good, good. Also joining us on the show uh, tonight is uh, the King of the Shed, Paul Parkin, right Paul? Good evening Bob, you alright? Yeah, enjoying the, the next uh, hour of uh, talking so for Red Devils? Well, yeah, nothing else to do, is there? That's what it's all about, mate. <laughs> lots, of, lots of talk, lots of uh, good chat and good banter. Uh, yeah. So what have we got on the, the show, Paul? Here we've got a look back at the, the great win on uh, Friday against St. Helens. Sorry, th- Thursday, wasn't it? Was it Thursday? Yeah. Thursday. Mm. Thursday against St. Helens. We've got the news, we've got the amateur results and fixtures, and we've also got a preview of the massive game on Sunday against Tabletop as witness. Yeah. We played them Thursday, Paul, but I've watched them Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. I have, I have as well. <laughs> and I've just watched the Super League show twice as well to uh, to see what John Wilkin and Brian Noble had to say. But it's fantastic, fantastic. That could never get tired of watching a, a victory like that. Not at all. Well, what we'll do, we'll, t- we'll talk about that now on your Devil in the Detail, the independent fan podcast. Devil in the Detail. <laughs> so, Thursday night, AJ Bell Stadium, Salford, Red Devils, annihilated St. Helens, 44 points to 10. Uh, Parky, unbelievable yeah. scenes. Uh, you know, it's impossible to put into to a, a description. I think, um, as you know, I've said to a few people, it, it, it seemed an out of body experience when we got to the end of the game. I didn't realise, you know, what what had happened until I what you know watched it back. Some of the some of the stuff we played, we we did a, a Saint Ellings on Saint Ellings. Um, some some absolutely fantastic tries, but the attitude was there from the start. You know, the kick chase and. And uh, t- to be fair, we just dominated them. Yeah, uh, looking at the Salford side, you had O'Brien at fullback, Justin Carney, Josh Jones, Josh Griffin, Greg Johnson, Robert Lou, Michael Dobson, Ben Murdoch Batala, Ryan Lannon, Mark Flanagan, Craig Copjack, Tommy Lee, and George Griffin on the bench uh, for Salford. Nile Levels, Adam Warren, Logan Tompkins, and Phil Joseph. Uh, Paul, you know, looking at the you know the St. Helens side, they were full of full of full strength side from St. Helens there, and that puts even you know even better performance from either Salford Red Devils. Yeah, definitely. Well, apart from James Roby, it was their full their full strength side really. I mean, you can say we had we had Junior Sow and, and Wellaraki out, so we've got a couple out there injured. But I don't know. I've never seen us for a long time anyway, and even in in a long time, like take apart a, part, a top side like that. I mean, I think we beat St. Helens and Wigan before, but you know to 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 beat them like the way. We, we did, and we could have had more points. I mean, there was that break from when Justin Carney went through, and I think they caught Evolds. I think it was Evolds who got caught near the line. But some of the stuff we were just tearing into shreds every time we got the ball. And it, you know, I, I'm with, with Parky on that one. I didn't really, I didn't really know what to do at the end of the game. It was, it was just, it was just weird, <laughs> but yeah. it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, Salford's first try scored by Greg Johnson. Uh, lovely kick, uh, Parky by uh, Michael Dobson to to find the find him in space to score. Well, I mean, I've, I've got to admit, I've been probably one of Dobbo's biggest critics in the in the you know the twelve months previous. Um, I know he was carrying injuries and everything, but it didn't seem to work for me last season. Maybe that was the the chase effect as well. But what he did on on Thursday night, I mean, just a masterclass of, of what you want from a scrum half controlling the game. You know, uh, I mean, that kick, it was a you know it was a free play. He had nothing to lose, obviously. 
but the, it was pinpoint outside of the left boot. You know, you couldn't ask, you couldn't have placed it any better if you'd have wanted to. Just, you know, sensational thinking. And he had the all game, his kicking game as well. But to pick out Johnson in that space, and, you know, a melee of players really around him, you know, the ball had been dropped, people were coming in from all over the place. He just kept his head and uh, a great little chip over to the, to the left hand side and a fantastic try. Yep. Uh, Salford got the roll on uh, Paul. Uh, Craig Copjack. Um, getting over the line under the post to extend our lead at uh, 12 you know 12 and up that early on you know great start from Salford Red Devils oh, it was it was, fan- it was just a fantastic start we blew away didn't we but what impressed me the most I think on Thursday was the, the kicking game you know the kicking game was outstanding wasn't it? we just kept put piling pressure on them you know repeat sets and that we just didn't give St. Helens an inch all night long and that's, that was the most pleasing thing for me and, and another thing was the intensity of the game as well I mean when you watch the, the our game against Hull, we sort of scored a couple of late tries, and I kept thinking to myself, I hope we don't let St. Helens, you know, get a few scores and get it back to like a respectable scoreline, and we didn't really. I mean, I know they scored late on, but you know, we never give them an inch on uh, on Thursday night, and to do that to St. Helens, I think, is you know, tremendous. Yeah, a word on on Cop Jack as well. I, I think he's he's going to be a, a fantastic signing for us in this in the way that the the games change now with limited substitutions. He looks like a forward um, that, that's going to put in a, a really good shift every week, and he, his, his intensity never never drops. Um, and obviously, when we lost Taylor from from last year, who was who was like that, I thought we were really going to struggle. But uh, from what I've seen of Cop Jack, he, he's just fitted straight in. And I think, you know, if Tommy Lee uh, wasn't here, I think I think Cop Jack might have took over as captain. Yeah, I've, I've, we've been obviously we, we I thought we were fantastic. Um, Cop Jack led from the front. Um, and obviously, like a big forward like Taylor last year, you know he's showing us what you know what he can do, and hopefully there'll be more to come. Um, Salford scored again through Robert Lou, uh, Paul. Uh, you know, wonderful step. We've we watched it a lot on YouTube. That step, he walks, goes through the gap, and there was only going to be one winner uh, to the line when he got through that gap. When was the last time we scored a try from a set scrum as well? Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of that. Was it like Steve Blakely? I think wasn't it someone like that? You know, back in the nineties, but. Tremendous, tremendous step, and he's another one. He had a, he had a cracking game, didn't he, Robert Lou? He didn't, he didn't know how to handle him, St. Helens. And I think with, with Robert, he's he's one of them. He's quite an unknown quantity, really. A lot of sides don't know a lot about him, and I think that's the way we've approached this season, isn't it? We've we've gone in there and we're just sort of flying under the radar, not making any noises. And you know, I think we're going to catch a few teams cold like that this season. I thought it was I thought it was amazing. The first twenty minutes, I'll, I'll tell you a little stat we've got here. Um, the first 11 sets of the game in the first 20 minutes, Salford had a 100% completion rate. Um, I thought it was an amazing uh, performance. No silly penalties, Parker. No mm. pressure built on the Salford Red Devils. And we were able to, to build the pressure on St. Helens after consistent sets. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know that about them, them 11 straight sets. I mean, that's, that's, that's fantastic work, mm. especially against a, a team like Saints who defend like they do. Um, but that was, that was one of the keys to the game. I was going to say that... that Usually, you know, we, when we've got a team pending their 20 or 30 yards from their line, we're going to give a penalty away. That's what we do. And you, you kind of, you stood there thinking, which tackle is it going to come on? Or when are we going to make a silly mistake? And we didn't. We cut all that out. I mean, there was a couple in the game, but nothing more than you would in, in any other game. Um, the discipline was was superb. And uh, because of the intensity that we played within the tackle, I was I was thinking... Maybe we're going to get over aggressive, and something's going to come of this, but it didn't. And you know, we, we just kept turning Saints around, running them into their half, defending in their half, and making them kick from 
absolute, you know, useless positions really, which most of them went to O'Brien or, or that obviously the kick to Carney as well. Um, I think we just dominated and and looking, you know, from, from last week uh, the whole game, I was I was slightly worried. And I'm sure you know everybody else was that the size of our pack might not be able to stand up in Super League, and and we we just bullied Saint Helens pack. You know, the likes of George Griffin and 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 uh, obviously uh, Masilla and people like that and and Copjack. We were just so dominant in in defence and attack, and and that just set a platform for us. Yeah. Uh, Saints hit back through a try uh, through Alex Warmsley, uh, mm. but Salford continued to, to put the pressure on on St. Helens. Um, Paul, um, another another big uh, performance uh, by Salford, obviously with uh, Walsh being sin binned. Um, what do you make of that? Do you think he, sh- he should have been like a professional fan? Do you think he should have gone permanently? I think the yellow card was spot on. It was a professional foul, really. Stopped the scoring there. We made a good break and they, they slowed us down. But just going back to the, to the pack and that, after the old game, I was pretty worried, really, you know, about the size of our forwards. But like Parky was just saying there, like, you know, you look at St. Helens' forwards, they've got, like, Lamatazzi there, Alex Wormsley, Cervelio, um what's the other guy, Kyle Amor. They're big forwards, them. And, yeah. and we did, we bullied him, so... You know, perhaps we've not got to be worried about the, the size of our pack. I mean, we've got some good, good mobile young forwards. And I mean, look at Adam Wall. He, he looked like a, a different player on on Thursday night. That try he scored there. I mean, I was really, really pleased. And the the pack, and that's one of the you know, apart from like the the backs and, and some of the breaks we made, the way the pack stood up to be counted on Thursday, I thought was was fantastic. Yeah, I thought the forwards moved moved forward. You know, they made some big yards. Also, what impressed me as well was our kick returns. Uh, Johnson. Uh, Carney making good 10, 15 metres party every every uh, you know every tackle gets us on gets on the front foot and, and makes us go forward. Well, absolutely. I mean, we know that Johnson's strength is is his pace. Really, he seems to have bolts up quite a bit. Um, but I noticed a couple of times he tried going round the Saints' uh, defence and then stepping through the line. He looks a lot sharper than he did at parts last year. Um, but yeah, with, with having somebody like uh, Carney on the wing, I mean, the one thing you wouldn't want to do is, is kick to him and let your average size winger try and take him on. Um, you just hope to force him inside so he can, you know, have a, a run at the forwards. But even then, he, you know, he puts him on the backside. Uh, you've also got, you know, Griffin out there, who's who's a big lad. Sal didn't play, as we've said. And we've got uh, Daniel Vido as well to, to come in, who's another powerful lad. Um, you know, we could have had Evels at fullback instead of O'Brien. Who, who we know how dangerous he is in, in broken play, and and it just sets you up. It puts you if you can start your set well outside your twenty, you know that's that's half the battle. Because Salford for years and years, you know we can have six tackles and not make the halfway line, and uh, that that's that seems to have changed. And, and like you said, the, the the way we brought the ball back, and even even from our own line, just giving it to the forwards, they always seem to to land on the front, quick play the ball, turn Saints round again. And it just got us a bit of momentum. Yeah, it was a consistent 70-metre kind of six-tackle burst from, from Salford pinning set Ellens in their sort of 10, 20-metre, um, you know, line um, mm. area of every set, um, Paul. Obviously, Walsh goes off sin bin. It was quite good that Salford actually decided to attack down that side and, and obviously have an extra man down that side that works for Salford's advantage. It did. We seemed to, to tear St. Ellens apart all night down that side. And I was very pleased when uh, when young Niall Levels came on as well because I thought Gareth O'Brien played really well. 
against St. Helens. I thought, you know, after he took a bit of stick, didn't he, in the old game? But, you know, he, he seemed to have found a bit of confidence there. And he looked steady all night. But I was pleased when Niall came on because he looked really, really sharp, didn't he? And he took his, he was in the right place at the right time, took his two tries really well. And it's great that we've got options now in these positions and, you know, blokes on the bench who are, who are ready to come on and uh, stand up and be counting when they get the chance. Yeah, just for half time, Parky. At Salford score, Rob Blue. What what a fantastic step finding oh, finding the gap to go under the post. Unbelievable. Again, that's that's just the the speed of thought as well. He's kind of had a look up, seen who's in front of him, and and realised that you know I've got I've got the step on him. I'll, I'll be okay. Um, the, the the thing was towards the back end of that half when like you mentioned about Walsh being Simbin, uh, which was obviously rightly so. Um, we were intelligent enough to attack that side where he would have been defending, where we knew they were like. So, but again, it's not something we ever do. We always seem to just stick to the same tactics, but we seem to have uh, thought on our feet, uh, Dobson and, and Louis, and, and pushed us that way with Masilla out there as well and Carney on the wing. And like so, when Evels came in the centre, we had a you know we had we had a, a really good uh, mix out there. And uh, and Rob Louis, I mean, he, you know. He seems to he has got that that step about. I mean, he's a very different player to to Rangi Chase in in terms of what he does. But you know, if you could you could see last year Rangi Chase doing that, and this this year Rob Louis just just taken over, and and I think he's probably more of a team player. So I think he's a great acquisition. Um, but yeah, we we started to dominate down that that right hand side, and um, we we just we just used our intelligence and had a look and thought right they're down to to twelve men. That's where he's gone from. Let's let's attack him. Yeah, thirty-two six half time, Paul. Um, what were you thinking? I was think personally, I was thinking, you know, pinch me now. This this isn't real. It's funny, really, because Dad said to me at half time, um, "It's not over yet." And I looked at him and I thought, <laughs> "Yeah, I thought you're right." Watching Salford, Salford's probably the only side where supporters would say that because we have, you know, seen us collapse before, haven't we? And that, but I think you could just tell on Thursday that no, it's a, it's a different Salford at the moment that we're watching now. From all the things we've just gone through, you know, the thing we did the the little things right, didn't we? We attacked when we needed to attack, we defended when we needed to defend. But you know, I just thought um, Ben Murdoch, my salary again, I give him a, a special mention because I thought he looked unstoppable again. I mean, in a in a performance where I thought it was poor for patches against against all, he looked really good in that game. But Thursday night against St. Helens, the guy looked unplay- absolutely unplayable, and uh, so much so much power on that and getting the ball out, and he's got pace as well. And I think he's going to take some stopping this season. He's impressed me, Murdoch Masala. Big unit, especially running out out wide. He's running at smaller men, Parker. Um, you know he's going to burst holes in that big, de- in all de- in other teams' defenses. Oh, without a doubt, I saw Andrew Voss this week on Twitter saying what that he thinks he's going to have a big impact in Super League. And like like Paul's just said about the game at Hull, I mean, once once he got a bit fired up, uh, they, they started to give him a bit of stick, and there was a bit of a biff uh, in the second half. He, he just started running through him for fun, and and on uh, on on Thursday night, and Saints just didn't know what to do. And three or four men every time trying to drag him to the ground, and and failing a lot of the time. And again, that that because and that Paul mentioned his pace as well. He had him turn round, and he was up on his feet playing the ball. He's drawn four or five men in. You know, it gives gives us plenty of room on that pitch to do what we want with. Um, I think he's you know he he does look the part. He's a big big lad. Um, and he's still only fairly young, so you know. Hopefully, we can keep hold of him and, and, and build on that. And that's the kind of you know the kind of athlete we're going to need because he, he does seem to do his fair share of, of minutes as well. Yeah, uh, second half started. Paul uh, Adam Warren 
uh, scored early, uh, settled the nerves in, in the stand. Uh, just what we, we needed, I thought. Definitely, that's just the start we needed. And you know, big raps for Adam Wall. He's a young young kid that's come through it, and he looks. You know, I thought he played played well in patches when he played last season, but the lad looks to have improved like you know hundred percent. He looked like the, the business there. I mean, to stretch out and score there. I mean, that 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 try took some scoring. And just um, just like we were talking about Masala there as well, just thought I'd, I'd mention like you know the work rate that he's doing as well. I mean, the last few years we've had some some big name forwards at, at Salford, and not going to name names and that, but we've got we've had a lot of players who've who've done a big hit and sort of gone off and sort of congratulated themselves and not done the, the hard work. But I think that the players you've got there now, like a Cop, Jack, and Masala, they're not frightened doing the hard work as well and the graft, and that's that we need. Yeah. And then, obviously, for the next sort of 20 minutes, we kind of traded sets uh, with them, Parker. Um, mm. You know, it was a good performance. You know what I mean? You, you need to be able to dig in deep uh, and grind a result out in that situation. Yeah, Saints are always going to have a, a patch in the game. Weren't they? You know, I mean, we, we thought before the game they would have probably had the full 80 minutes to themselves. Um, so, you know, to, the, the good thing was when they did have the ball, we, we generally just snubbed out anything they tried to do. Defensively, I thought it was superb. Uh, they had, you know, quite a few sets on our line, um, but what, whilst we weren't scoring, we were turning around and forcing dropouts. I think they had three or four on the bounce at one point, um, and it just that'll just wear you down having to defend all the time. Uh, and it did become a bit of a, a bit of a war in the middle, and uh, we we just had to stick it out. And I think I think we knew we'd already broke them, and if we just hung in there a bit longer, uh, I mean, the game was won. To be fair, and like Paul was saying at halftime, even then I thought. We've got to come out and be strong because if they come out and get two quick tries in the start, that you know, first five ten minutes of that second half, we we could be in trouble. Um, and then that eased away, and we you know, like you say, we traded a few blows, but by then we'd already won the battle, I think. And and you know, Saints were there for the taking. Yeah, uh, the the war attrition was on, uh, and obviously, unfortunately, we did concede a try from Adam Swift, but the night was capped with a second try, Paul by uh, nine levels, little kick through, dives over the line, and that kills the game. Yeah, but he's great, great play for Nevels. He looked really sharp, Niall, when he came on. But just before that, about sort of five or ten minutes before that, um, Ben Murdoch Masala tried disallowed for a knock on. Mm. But watching that, I thought that was a belting try. And you see them giving week in, week out. And to, to be honest, I thought Ben deserved the try. And, and that, that, to me, I thought was a bit harsh that from the video referee. But at 40 points to 10 up, I suppose uh, we can't argue with it really. But um, it, was, it was unlucky there, Ben, I thought. I suppose it's one of them, though, really. Because we've, you know, all you need is fingertip. You know, control. Mm. Yeah, I thought he got it. I thought he got it down. I mean, if you look at the the Adam Wall track, mm. it's pretty similar. So that really is when he got his fingers on it, and that's all you need in it. So, but I think it's this funny thing, though, isn't it? I mean, the the referee on a pitch give no try, didn't they? Yeah. So I suppose then when he goes to the video ref, what's he supposed to do? You know what? I, I think it's daft. I mean, if you're the referee on a pitch and you're saying no try, what's the point in going to the video ref? You might as well just play on. Yeah. If you think it's yeah. a try, then say try and go to the video ref. I don't know. It just seems a bit daft sometimes, right? Might have been a bit awkward in Red Hall on Monday when he's looking at him going, what did you give it for? And I just allowed it. Made me look a right Wally there. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, you know, who was your standout performance, Parky? Who was your man of the match? Um, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, you know, 1-17 to 17 and and uh, you've got... One man I've got to pick out and he didn't play was, was obviously Ian Watson mm. uh, for kind of masterminding that. Um, he looked... You know, we, we looked... The way we played, it was just with confidence that every player knew his job. Um, you know, we, we had a confidence about us from the kickoff that we thought we can do this. Uh, I think so. I think Watto deserves a big pat on the back. But overall, 
it's a tough one. Rob Louie, obviously, very eye-catching. Um, Masilla, just unstoppable at times. But I'd have to give it to, to Dobson. I think his kicking game got us on the front foot. And from then on, he just organised. He was. He, he kind of reminded me of the Gavin Clinch role a few years back, where he didn't have to be involved. He was just telling everybody else where to be. And uh, I think that kind of leadership is going to help us out. We missed it quite a bit last year. Uh, and while you've got Rob Louie putting the step on people and all that kind of stuff, uh, it's Dobson who, who organises and get, gets onto the front foot. So for me, it would have been it would have been Dobbo. How are you, Paul? Who's your man of the match? Oh, it's a hard one, isn't it? Mine, mine was between Robert Louie, Dobson and Masala. So any of them three. Pick, you pick one of them three because I thought they were all tremendous. But they were tremendous from 1-17, to 17, I thought. And um, just like Parker was saying there, I, I think Dobson is very similar to Gavin Clinch. He's not like the, the quickest bloke on the pitch, but I think that's what we've been crying out for. You don't, you don't have to be the quickest when you play in that position. To just to marshal everybody around. You've got Robert Louis there doing the running. And I just think those two are sort of dovetailing together perfectly. Whereas you had Chase. And mm. Chase couldn't really play with Dobson, but I think these two now, you've got Robert Louis doing the running. Michael Dobson's in charge, you know, creating with a kicking and game and that. And I just think there's a perfect match there with them two. Yeah, I thought myself, Rob Louis. Uh, was was outstanding on on Thursday night. Him and Dobson, like you said, linking up brilliantly. Um, and obviously, it's only good things going to happen if them two click. It's only going to take us forward. Um, looking at the uh, three word match reports um, and man of the matches from uh, the listeners. Um, Brian Davies says, "Can't wait to hear the lads on the Devil in Detail this week. They'll be like a couple of kiddie, giddy kids on Christmas Eve. I think that's about right. That uh, Paul." More than three words, that though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I must admit, I've, I've tried to, to, to calm it down a bit. Um, tried not to get too down after the whole game. You know, it's early in the season. I'm trying not to get too carried away by this because we, we've been kicked in the face a few times. But underneath, yeah, I'm, abs- I'm absolutely buzzing, I've got to say. Yeah. Uh, Jason McNeil said, shoot me now. His man of the match was Robert Lewis. Don't shoot, don't shoot so, yourself now. That, I'm going to say, is that, not Kieran, beginning. is that not Kieran Cunningham saying, shoot me now? Yeah. Uh, Matt Young, <laughs> he says, OK, I suppose. And his manufacturer is uh, Murdoch Masala. Matt playing it down there. Uh, Norm Normans, he said, uh, outstanding that tonight. His man of the match uh, was Louis. Uh, Duncan, Duncan, uh, absolutely effing brilliant. His man of the match was Dobson. Um, Donovan White, um, he's very happy about it. His man of the match uh, was Carney, the Terminator. Uh, like we said, uh, Carney was outstanding, Paul, throughout. Big, you know, returns. And he, obviously, his 80-yard break nearly resulting in a try. Um, he's he's going to be a, definitely a handful uh, for opposition's defences in the uh, in the future. Yeah, he is. And, and he's like this, like we were saying last week, he's deceptively quick as well, doesn't he? Mm. I mean, he don't look it, does he? He gets the ball at a standing start and boom, he's away. And uh, I know that, that, that break that he did through there was a thrilling attack, that, you know, charging through there. And that deserved the try. That, that was one of the breaks of the night, that. Really was one of the highlights of the night. Just watching him go at full belt there, and you know some some quick hands. But like we were saying before, I I've not, I don't think I've ever seen us cut a side like St. Helens apart like that. I mean, I've seen some good wins against St. Helens in you know, the past twenty odd years, but you know to actually to do them the way we did, I thought it was outstanding. That and you've just got to hats off to Ian Watson and Tim Sheens for masterminding it. Yep, uh, Colin Wilson said, "Wow, pride, passion." His man of the match was Rob Lou. Uh, Ray say snow. His man of the match was. Um, Masala Booms Vegas uh, uh, Teamwork Dominates His man of the match um, Was uh, Benny Double M For me So yeah Lots of uh, different uh, Opinions there Hitman Handle 
uh, he said, told you so. He had a premonition. Told, I spoke to him before the game. He says, well, I'm at East today. I was like, yeah, yeah, sir, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he obviously, you know, let us know uh, on the Twitter. Uh, Chairman, Bog, Chairman Bob even, he said, uh, predicted the win. Uh, his man of the match was uh, Louis. Uh, Paul King, stunning team performance. Uh, and his man of the match was all of them. Andy Steele with his wheels of steel in the old uh, tent in the car park. Uh, Am I Dreaming? Uh, his man of the match was Dobbo. Andy Rowe, what a superb performance. His man of the match was Lou. So lots of different man of the matches there. And obviously, 1-17, to 17, uh, Parkin, they were, they were outstanding. It must have been really hard to, to pick one. Oh, without a doubt. Just just going back to uh, Chairman Bob there. Um, he, he's got form on predicting uh, us beating Saints, by the way. We've, right. we, we were talking about this the other night. So uh, I think next time he speaks, I'll have to listen to him. Um, yeah, I mean, picking a man in the match out of that, it, it seemed harsh, really, because there'll be players like I mentioned George Griffin earlier on, who, you know, he's, he's certainly not the biggest prop you'll ever see. But he puts it in, but he's not going to get a mention because, he, you know, maybe he's not that eye-catching or, or that kind of thing. You know, young uh, Lannan, you know, for his first start, and starting, at, I think he started at loose forward at the start of the game instead of Flanagan, and Flanagan went second row. He, he was so um, so mature about it. He didn't and look out of place, Lannan, did he? No, he, he, he didn't. He mustard, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he's quite a big lad. I remember that try he scored in the friendly against Wigan as well. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of him. You know, another another great sign, another kid coming through that that apparently we don't produce. Um, so yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of players that won't get raps, Josh Griffin, people like that. But um, yeah, I mean, everybody's got got an opinion, haven't they? But it seems from from those people who tweeted in that that Masilla was probably the the number one. Yeah, and uh, obviously Ian Watson was was happy after the game, and here is what he had to say uh, in the full press conference after the match. Nice way to get the season at home off to a start. Yeah, yeah, very pleasing, especially off the response after the whole game. It was important that we did that. Yeah, we, we, we spoke about that, um, making sure we had a really good start this week because we didn't start well at Hull at all. We dropped the ball straight away from the kick-off at Hull and it was important that we started well. If anything, we was more looking to actually kick off to him um, so we could set a platform straight away with our D. But um, we, we got the ball and then we, we kicked deep on the back of that and then we set that platform with our def defence on the back of that. Robert Louis has got none of the match against Ulster competition. Do you agree with that, Cole? Yeah, he's, he's a good player. I'd just say that um, I would say our middles have stood up there, which has allowed Robbie to play and Dobson to play on the back of, because um, I know there's been a lot of questions about our middles, and it's something that they've had a, to face as a challenge. Um, and it's always interesting when you come up against people questioning you. It's important that you have a belief in yourself, and our middles have definitely got that as well. It's just we didn't really show that at Hull last week. Your right side had a good match as well, didn't they, in attack? Yeah, we're a dangerous right side to be fair, aren't we? We've got um, Robbie Louis on there, Benny Murdoch, um, Josh Jones and Justin Carney and it's it's a big side to handle. Um, so yeah, they've, they've had a great night. You talk about your middles again, Craig Kopchak's first stint, I think it was over 30 minutes, wasn't it? Did yep. that set the tone? Yeah, uh, Kopp is capable of that, he's, he's capable of playing big minutes. I know not always at Huddersfield did he play massive minutes, but he is capable of that. We had a, a great prop forward last year in Scott Taylor who could play big minutes and it was important we kind of replace that um, Cop is a different kind of player but like I say he's got minutes in him as well and then we've got George Griffin in there as well who's getting more and more minutes in him all the time and he's becoming to the front now of being one of them top front rowers Was it your knowledge of Cop Jack with Wales that uh, this way he needs to go after him? Yeah well I know Copy from Wales as well and 
I've played with him and I know what he can do and what he can do for your halfbacks and he just he, he protects his halfbacks as well um, with some of the stuff he does. Um, so knowing him and knowing his ability was um, a big pull for us. Did the manner on the scale of the win surprise you? Um, probably yeah, probably the size of the win. To be fair, um, we know we've got we're a real confident group and um, we have a real belief about ourselves. And it, like I say, it was about putting something right that we did wrong last week. And we know if we do them things consistently, we'll be a good team. But and that's probably the biggest word is consistency. Can we consistently do them things well? And um, time will tell on that. Marwan enjoyed himself on the side of the pitch as well. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> he deserves it to be fair, doesn't he? A win like that, to be fair. He's a, he's a passionate bloke and he deals with things um, on emotion, so what you see is what you generally get with Marwan. Um, but tonight will be a good night for him. He's building on this now, keeping the momentum going in, isn't it? You know, yeah, 100%. It's not getting in front of yourselves here. It, it, it's one, one, last week was one game, and that doesn't make you a bad team. Today you've, we've had one game and we've won. Don't mean we're a great team now. It's, you don't get carried away with yourself now. It's about keeping a level playing field here and look towards the next game. If at the end of the season you've won 24 games, that's when you can be real proud of yourself. But yeah, level playing field at the moment. Nice talk again next week as well instead of the break for the World Cup Series, but you want to keep on going. Yeah, perfect. Especially after that now because we responded from there. It just means that next week we'll have a little bit of a break on, on this weekend. Coming on Monday, straight back to some hard work on Monday so that... Um, the boys know it's um, there's, there's no egos here in the group, and, and they are willing to work hard as well, and that's what will get us results. So, Paul, you know, great performance. Ian Watson happy with with what they produced. Uh, played it down a little bit. Said that you know the feet still have to be firmly on the floor. Uh, that's a good sign. You know, Ian Watson there. You know, trying to I wouldn't say lower expectations, but you know, keeping everyone on you know feet on the ground. Yeah, you've got to do. I mean, it's the second game of the season, isn't it? I mean, and if we go out and get beat by Widnes on Sunday, then that that game against St. Helens really counts for nothing, doesn't it? I mean, you get two points for beating Saints, you get two points for beating Wakefield, you get two points for beating Widnes. You've got to sort of tell you, I know it's an old cliche, but you do, you've got to take each game as it comes now. And, but that that's going to do players' confidence, the world are good. And, you know, young kids like Lannan and Evels coming through there, battered St. Helens, that's going to do their confidence wonders. So if we can just set that now and use that as sort of a springboard for the next couple of games. We've got some tough ones coming up, Widness and Wigan, next two matches, but we're at home against Widness on Sunday, so hopefully, you know, that's going to uh, get you know, a decent crowd down there, you know, a bit of um, enthusiasm after that result, and let's let's try and build on it now. Yeah, I think, like like going back to, to what I said earlier on about the whole game, you know, uh, what what's all right and what you're saying that, you know, we just got to keep calm, we don't, don't get carried away. You know, we didn't spit all our dummies out of the, the, the prams after the whole game. It's, it's a case of going back to the drawing board, looking where we went wrong, and then, you know, taking out the good bits. Because against Hull, the last 15, 20 minutes, we actually did some good stuff. And we've looked at that, and then we, you know, the Saints game, we just do the same again. Because there'll be bits that you won't be happy with. Um, I don't know too many. Probably the, the try uh, Saints got in the first half under the post. Other than that, I think we were pretty faultless. But, um, yeah, I, th I think we've just got to keep calm. And, and, and like Paul says, you know, I would have thought out of those first three games, we, we might have been picking up two points. We've got to. Now, if we get four from the first three games, yeah, that's a massive bonus to the start of the season. Yeah, and obviously, after that performance on Thursday night, you know, the, the world is our oyster and all we can do is move forward and, and improve and hopefully continue to win. Uh, so, obviously, great performance on Thursday night. Uh, and now what we'll do, we'll have a look at the news and see what's happening uh, in the club this week. Gentlemen in detail.
So, news coming out of the club today. Um, big uh, day, uh, Thursday and Friday at the uh, the, the club. Uh, North Queens and Cowboys and the Brisbane Broncos uh, training uh, Friday and Thursday, uh, Paul. Um, it's great that, you know, the club have decided to open it up and let fans go in and watch it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm just really disappointed. I'm working tomorrow and Friday, so I won't be able to get down there. But, yeah, if anybody's got the opportunity to go down there, you're going to see some world-class players on show, aren't you? Like to Jonathan first and playing for the Cowboys and... You know, some of the lads at Brisbane there, that's, that's once in a lifetime isn't it, to, meet, to to go and watch them training. So, yeah, get down if you can. Yeah, under-16s can gain free entry to both events as well as season ticket holders. Um, if you're not a season ticket holder, I am got a ticket for the witness game. Oh, you're not under-16, it's three quid, uh, Parker. Uh, but, mm. you know, the, these Australian teams, um, you know, they are the pinnacle of the sport. And, you know, Salford also be training on the same day as them. Uh, you know, be able to compare, you know, our team to their team and see you know, what, what the differences are. Well, yeah, uh, probably a bit scary, really, to do that at the mm -hmm. moment. But, uh, no, it is great. And it's great that the club can pull these, these teams in to come and train. You know, they do have other options, obviously. Um, but it's a great chance. I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to go down and see some of these guys. And these, these are, you know, if you're a rugby league fan, it doesn't just doesn't get any bigger than this. You know, people outside the sport probably just think, well, just some Australians. But, it's like, you know, I don't know, Brazil at football coming to train at, at your ground. You know, you just you don't get a chance to see these players every day. And, uh, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to go down. I think it's a great idea. And uh, I don't know quite how we do pull this. I don't know if Tim Sheen's had anything to do with it or, or whatever. But, you know, it's nice that the facilities are opened up and you can go and meet them all. Yeah, it's fantastic facilities down at the AJ Bell Stadium. I suppose it attracts the top teams to, to come and, you know, train in, in such a, you know, pristine um, stadium in in, you know, before a fantastic uh, tournament, uh, which starts on the Friday night, um, Paul. Um, Sydney Roosters v Saints. Um, you know, what, how are you going to call that? Uh, well, last season, Saints and Sydney Rabbitohs last season, they sort of pummeled them, didn't they? Sydney Rabbitohs, they, they were unstoppable, weren't they? With Burgess playing for them. Um, I'm not so sure this time, really. I mean, the way St. Helens folded up against us like a pack of cards, they're going to going to struggle if you play like that against against the Roosters but you don't know I mean they've not played a game have they? their season's not started but Australian sides coming over here ain't going to take us us lightly I think that all three of them are coming over here and they mean business so I think St. Helens could have a, have a, have a struggle on Friday night but it's St. Helens isn't it they always seem to to bounce back don't they and, and pull it out of the fire I mean how many times have they won that World Club Challenge when you've not really expected them to so uh, well, perhaps it'll be closer than what everybody's thinking uh, the second game in the series, Parker, is um, Wigan Warriors, the, the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, mm. Wigan pushed the Broncos all the way uh, last last uh, year. Um, do you think it's going to be a similar kind of game? I do. I, I do. I think anyone going to uh, the DW these days, well, they, they always find it hard. We're going to, you know, generally quite unstoppable in their own patch. Um, I, I do. I think out of the three games, I, I, I think this might be the one that we, you know, the, the English team could edge. Just because of the way Wigan are, they are very awkward to beat at times. Um, but, you know, we're talking about Brisbane, like Paul says, it's still pre-season for them. Um, you know, how, how up for it are they going to be? How many players are going to be fully fit? It's it's a tough one, but um, I think, you know, if, if the English team's got a chance in and it's probably that one, but I'd still probably just, just pick the Broncos. Yeah, and the final game uh, of the series, Paul, uh, is Leeds... Uh, Rhinos against North Queens and Cowboys. Leeds uh, struggling at the moment. Uh, got battered at Widnes, um on Sunday. Um, obviously, huge game against North Queens and Cowboys. Do you think they'll be able to pick themselves up and uh, give them a game? 
I hope not. Um, I, I, I fancy um, I fancy the, the the Cowboys to beat them. To be honest, I've just watched the the Super League show actually. The Leeds and Witness game, and I mean, I'm a bit frightened on on Sunday. Witness got to look mustard against Leeds. They absolutely uh, panned them. So you know, I, I fear for Leeds. They've got a few more injuries as well. So, but they're another one, aren't they? Like Saint Helens, they seem to you know to click, don't they? When when they need to, and just sort of big game trained out, they always seem to be to be up for the big occasions. It's like you know this season now, you can see Leeds finishing eighth in the season being garbage and then going on some mad run and winning, winning the Challenge Cup and winning the Grand Final. That's just what they seem to do, don't they? They seem to come good at the right time. But I don't know. I think, I think like Parky said, I think, you know, if anybody's going to win, I think it'd be, uh, be Wigan against Brisbane. I can't really see Leeds, Leeds winning. I think, but... I think the only thing that Leeds will be hoping for is, is the conditions are favourable yeah. for them. You know, Mind you, we've North seen Wiggins Queensland. pitch as well. Wiggins pitch well, is a bit dodgy. Yeah, right? against from, from North Queensland conditions to... Uh, to Yorkshire in February, it's, you know, it's yeah. So it's a big difference. Although you know, we've seen Rob Louis do it at Rochdale in them terrible conditions, and he's done the same route. So I think class tells, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. So we'll all be uh, tuning in over the uh, the weekend to see uh, hopefully, well, the British sides at least winning. I'm hopefully winning one of the three anyway, um, and giving the uh, the Australian summit to think about um, next. A bit of news um, is there are packages available uh, for mascots. Um, if obviously you've got um, a sort of a child who who wants to, you know, you want to, you know, walk out with a team, um, and uh, you know, it, it definitely, a, you know, a fantastic, um, you know, moment, uh, Parky. I remember walking mm. out, um, you know, with so with the Salford team as a mascot. You know, it's it, it definitely, you know, something that you know that grips you for the rest of life, really. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a great way of meeting the players. I mean, when when you stood in the tunnel next to them, it's all right watching them from the stands. You don't realise, you know, how, how big these these blokes are, and I think for a very young and you know it's it's probably awe inspiring at times when you see you know you're being you're holding on to you know one of your heroes' hands as you walk out onto the pitch and all the fans are there the noise and it's a great great experience. Uh, I'm just wondering is it is it exclusively for kids or, or can I have a go? Well, I'm sure if, if, <laughs> 20, if well, you receive ticket holders so twenty five quid, Paul. Um, you know, drop your twenty five quid in and I'm going to presume that someone will uh, you know I'm not, I can't see why not. There's just it does say twenty five quid per child, but. You know, you know, we're we're we've been fans of years. You know, I'm sure you know they'll they'll let us do it for twenty five quid. Yeah, yeah, stick me with Dobbo as we walk out. I don't know <laughs> the difference. Yeah. So basically, for twenty five quid, um, obviously, like you said, you, you get the opportunity uh, to, to you know to be there on a match day. You get photos. You get put in the program. Um, and it's you know it's a fantastic you know experience, uh, Paul. Um, you know, and hopefully you know the club will get you know, lots of different people, you know, with the children, you know, and that's the next generation, I think, next generation of fans, you know, be inspired to, to come and watch Salford Red Devils. Paul. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, next bit of news, uh, the Red Devils um, Dance Academy uh, is starting again in Ireland, the Acorn Centre on the 29th of February, um, ages from 7 to 11. Paul, that rules you out. Um, obviously, we know you've got, you know, fantastic magic feet, uh, dancing feet, in fact. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's really an opportunity for you know young fans to get involved in in the club. Yeah, anything for the for young fans and all that. I mean, like the, the win on Thursday night. I mean, I saw quite a few kids and I was sat in the West Stand on uh, Thursday night and there's a few kids there and you could see them, you know, buzzing coming out and that that's what you want. And I mean, that's what's going to bring people back. So uh, yeah, get the youngsters involved and let's get some more wins. Yeah, talking about the West Stand, you know, we're in the oh. East Stand. Uh, they made some good noise um, on the game against St. Helens, uh, Paul. 
Yeah, definitely. It was, it was a good atmosphere, wasn't it, on uh, on Thursday mm. night? I don't think there was like a huge crowd there, but I mean, I don't think there was like a massive following at all. But you know, from where I was sat in that stand at all, we made some some great noise there, and we sort of outsung the old supporters anyway. So we we always do, don't we? I mean, wherever we go, the you know, there's not many of us, but we always get behind them. So we're you know, if we can get on a bit of a roll this season, you know, from now to Easter, I think the crowds will start picking up, you know, once we start getting a bit of a feel-good factor. And it's all about getting on a roll, isn't it? And we did that last season and then sort of fell away after Easter. But hopefully this time with a bigger squad and a bit more belief, we can keep that going, you know, until the end of the season. Yeah, parking the, obviously the three sides all, you know, all something making some good noise, the atmosphere mm. you know, really picked up. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was... I was uh... Before the season started, I was probably going to go into the, the East Stand and, and and make the switch from the South Stand for for this year, um, just because you know the view. Obviously, you know, growing up in the shed, you kind of you know privilege really. Um, and I think you know the noise that we made from in there would be a lot better. I'm just a little bit concerned as the season goes on, if we do have a bit of success, more people go, coming into the ground wanting to sit down. You know, is there going to be a bit of movement again? Are they going to ask you, you know, I know the sit-down policy and all that kind of thing. So uh, I decided against it and went in the, uh, in the south stand. But it was good. It was good because there was a bit of banter between the two stands as well, um, which which is very unusual for us because usually, you know, you could shout and, and there'd be nobody there anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it was good. I was going to mention that. Actually. It, was, it was a pretty decent atmosphere for, what, about 4,500. Uh, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, so like I say the club are opening the, that stand again um, for the witness game on uh, Sunday. And hopefully, more, more of the same, more atmosphere generated. Gaz uh, Carvel um, is holding a meeting on the 24th of February at 7:30 at the AJ Bell Stadium um, to, to discuss uh, fundraising opportunities uh, for the under 16, the under 19s. Um, you know, the under 16, under 19s, the whole academy. You know, seems to have gone a, a bit of a transformation, and you know, it's, they are in good form. I know they've, they've won uh, last week the under 16s, and it's good, um, Parky, that you know the the youth, you know, we're looking to invest, and and obviously, you know, uh, there'll be a bright future for them. Oh, you know, our, our academy over the last five or six years is, you know, the, the way it's advanced, and, and it's unrecognisable from the way it used to be. You know, I mean, look at the, the current team with Evels and. Uh, and the Warm Brothers and Lannan, people like that. Before that, we had Snade and Farge and people all coming through. You know, it's, it's fantastic to see us finally doing that. Um, but I do, I am led to believe it is a, a struggle for financially, you know, to get these lads. Uh, they, they've always got difficulties getting to training and so on. They're only young kids. Um, you know, a lot of them probably at college or whatever. And it's, it is difficult. Some might need a bit of financial aid or, or the, the team itself, you know, a, a bit of uh, something for the physio department or something like that. Um, so I think we do need to help just to help this, this this progression again because I think that's where the future of the club is. I think Marwan's let on to that uh, a couple of times recently that, you know, we're not going to go out and start throwing money at people anymore. It's, it's a case of building our own and, and we are starting to do that. And if we can sort of show young lads who may have the chance to go to Wigan or Warrington, or, this is what Salford are going to offer you. And and then there is a pathway into the first team, um, you know, and all the support off the pitch. I think I think we you know we can outbid teams. Yeah, uh, Tim Sheens, uh, Russ McFarlane, uh, Robert Lou, Daniel Vidit, and Ben Murdoch Masala will all be there. Um, obviously, you know they're they're the stars, uh, Paul, of the of the team uh, and of the squad at the moment. But like Paul said, you know the youth coming through. You know they're they're the uh, the generation. Uh, you know we're all looking forward to in the future. 
Yeah, of course, yeah. And, you know, young lads are, are playing now and sort of having to pick who they want to go and sign for. And, you know, we've, we've got blokes like that in our squad, you know, the likes of Dobson and, you know, you look at the way Niles progressed this last last few years. You know, young lads growing up thinking, you know, I want to be like him and look what he's done at Salford. I mean, that's going to inspire them. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I was delighted to see Adam Wall playing on Thursday night, Nile levels, Ryan Lannan, it, it was great. And uh, I'm all for that this season. I mean, I've never been one for you know, the big name signings. I, you know, I go for youth every time. And I think we're doing it the right way now, definitely. Yeah, so that was uh, the 24th of February at the AJ Bell Stadium at 7.30. Get yourselves down there. Uh, and obviously, you know, put your ideas across and hopefully generate some uh, income for the uh, under-16 and 19s to, to progress. Uh, the Salford uh, Red Devils Foundation are holding a, a coaching education uh, ski, uh, schedule. Uh, there's one, two, three, four, at least ten courses uh, varying uh, different things about coaching, first aid, uh, coaching on the pitch, you know, being a leader on the pitch. Adrian Marley's doing that on the 18th of April. Um, it's great, Paul, that, you know, you've got the club, you know, educating, you know, the coaches and, and the players in the local area to make them better. Definitely, definitely. It's great to have Adrian around the club as well, isn't it? I mean, what a great figure he's been in rugby league and to have him like, still associated with Salford's, Salford's great. Yep, Tim Sheen's holding a coaching seminar on the 14th of March, uh, Parker. You know, that's going to be a you know one that, you know, you're going to learn off the Australian national coach. You know, that's only going to be a good thing. I, could, I can imagine uh, quite a few uh, professional uh, coaches wanting to be there just to listen to him, see how he's, you know, how he's done what he's done. Um, I think that some of these these courses, as well that the foundation do and, and so on, obviously a lot of rugby league related stuff. But I think it, a lot of it, it it helps people in in life in general, you know, to find the feet, to find something that they like, you know, to 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 give them give them a bit of interest and, and move them on a little bit. Um, but uh, as for a coaching seminar with Tim Sheens, well, that's uh, that'd be something special, I think. Yep. Yeah. So I was interested in uh, coaching uh, seminars. The uh, Salford Red Devils Foundation running. Uh, contact Danny Barton at the reddevils.net uh, and he'll provide all the information. And obviously, you'll find the course there, you know, to suit your needs. Uh, next, a uh, bit of news um, Salford Red Devils youngster Jake Bibby has gone on loan uh, to Oldham um, for a month, uh, Paul. Um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a youngster coming through, he's only going to gain experience going to Oldham and playing, you know, at that level. Yeah, it's a good level as well. What Oldham are playing at now, aren't they? They're playing in the championship, so they they played Lee um, last week. So you know, sides like Lee and Bradford, they they good sides, aren't they? So they're knocking on the door for Super League now. So that's good experience from there. And I was impressed with Jake last season. He, he played a couple of games in the towards the end of the season when I went to Ulcare. That last game in the Middle Lakes, he played there, and he, he impressed me there. So did the lad um, Lannan as well. So uh, you know some. Lads now getting a bit of experience. It's a good level of standard that championship, so benefit him definitely. Yeah, obviously, you know, this time of the year, you know, players who aren't getting the game time, and um, you know, mm. they want you sometimes get sent on loan to, to certain clubs. Uh, we've got Foster at Swinton, uh, we've got uh, Jake Bibby now at Oldham, uh, Parker. You know, mm. do you reckon there could be a few more, um, you know, players possibly, you know, taking you know, a month away from a, you know, a different club to get game ready, let's call it? Possibly. I mean, I see the, the the pluses and negatives. I mean, for for some of the younger academy lads who, you know, like like Bibby, I think he's a I think he's a winger, isn't he? Outside back kind of thing, and his his chances at the moment are going to be limited. 
Um, it's going to take you know quite a few injuries for him to, to get his place. So it's good for him to get experience. Um, other players, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not too certain. You're always risking them going out on loan and getting injured, you know, or, or I don't know, maybe picking up a habit from, from another club that doesn't quite fit in with your own. Um, but, yeah, I mean, keeping players fresh is, is obviously good and giving them a bit of game time. But um, I don't think our squad is, is sufficiently experienced to let too many players go. Um, but, yeah, so for someone like Jake, you know, and, and some of the other lads, uh, Wood and people like that, it might be good for them to to go and have a run around in the championship uh, just just for a month at a time. Yeah, so what player will get the experience there and, and come back a better player? Um, another bit of news, uh, Magic Weekend tickets are still available at the stadium, uh, Paul. Fantastic event, uh, you know, to, to get down uh, and su- and support the boys in, in a you know a fantastic, pristine, you know, event which we can all go and watch. Yeah, it's a fantastic, like we were saying last week, it's a fantastic stadium at St. James Park, Newcastle. It's a good day out in Newcastle, but I think... For the price of them as well, I think they are they half price for a season ticket holders. Yeah, they're not very expensive, are they? And for that, you're seeing three three games, three games of rugby league, aren't you? There, and I'm not so sure who's on with us. I think is it um, a Wigan? Is it Wigan? I know Wigan and Leeds are on, aren't they? I think game, it's yeah. Cass and Warrington after us as well. So you've got three three top games there, especially with in our game against Witness is always an exciting one as well. So I mean, you can't argue with that for the money, and it's a cracking day out in a big stadium. So and hopefully this time we can we can turn Witness over and do the business. Yep, so that's the, the news we've got uh, this week. And now we'll have a quick look at what our amateur sides uh, have done uh, over the weekend. OK, so the amateur um, sides, um, not started the season yet, uh, but they've been playing uh, cup games and, and friendly games, uh, Paul. Uh, you've got results from the, the Challenge Cup. I have, yeah, I've got this, the second round results in the Challenge Cup. Uh, Egremont Rangers 22, Rochdale Mayfield 26, Hull Dockers 12, Featherstone Lions 14, Hunslet Club Parkside 18, Westall 19, Kells 42, Underbank Rangers 6, Millham 12, Pilkington Rex 46, Shawcross Sharks 6, Lock Lane 40, Siddall 18, Northumbria University 16, Wathbrow Hornets 30, Alton Raiders 4 and York Acorn 28, Distington 10. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the Challenge Cup uh, results, uh, Parker. Uh, you know, we're, you know, we're looking forward to the Challenge Cup this year with this squad. You know, who knows where we can, we, we, we might be our year. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Challenge Cup, it's the, it's the holy grail for a Salford fan, isn't it, really? Um, it's been that long since our only, only victory. Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's good for the, you know, the amateur teams. They, they'll be trying so hard now because they can make a bit of money out of this. You know, they get through this next round, uh, then then they get, you know, championship clubs and a couple of Super League teams thrown in. Um, you know, they can get a decent payday out of it. Um, so it's, you know, we don't see this obviously because it goes on for for months and months. You know, that you get these really small teams and, and, and you're getting into the bigger teams now. That list that Paul's just read out there, some famous amateur clubs there. Um, but yeah, they, they, they'll be all hoping that the, the draw's been kind to them. They get through the next round and uh, you never know, they might play a Super League team. Yeah, the, the magic of the Challenge Cup, you know, the little the little team against a big team, anything mm-hmm. can happen over that 80 minutes. And I'm sure, you know, there'll be uh, the teams, the big teams looking over the shoulder and hoping that, you know, they won't be the uh, the giant killing of, of the day. Uh, looking at the uh, you know our locally uh, the local size the under 16s uh, they played Midlands 
uh, and won 44 uh, points to 12. Uh, Paul, uh, great result uh, for them. Um, you know, they're working really hard, and like I said before, the, the future's bright. Yeah, I think it is, and it was like last season, wasn't it? The under-19s came came really strong, didn't they? You know, in the second half of the season, we kept saying, on here, we didn't we? Another win for the under-19s, and it was brilliant. So let's just hope that continues this season. But it's great to see it at the moment, and we're seeing the fruits of it now with some of the, the young lads coming through and progressing and, and getting into the first team. Yeah, uh, other uh, results. Kelly Z Rhinos uh, were at home to Wigan Bulldogs uh, and went down 10-0. Great defensive effort for the Rhinos and something to build on. Uh, Parker, um, mm. you know, amateur teams, same as special teams, have to have a pre-season, and uh, you know they've got to go through the processes, and and you know results. Even though Canada did get beat, uh, you know, ten nil, you know, it shows it was a close game. It's, uh, I mean, it's a million times harder, isn't it, for the amateur clubs at this time of year to, you know, it, your lads have got work and holidays and family commitments. It's, you know, to get them in training and and getting up for it for friendlies and so on, uh, you know, and generally you pay for the honour of that. Um, it, it's so much harder for them to to get to get into the swing of things, but I'm sure all the amateur lads, the lads that I know, they're all pretty keen to to get on with it now and get get stuck in. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's always good to have a run out. Um, we don't know what what kind of teams they had out and what you know who they had available and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, ten nil. It sounds quite tight. Yeah, uh, the uh, university leagues uh, are in full flow. Uh, Salford University beat Lancaster today. 38 points to 12. Uh, Paul, fantastic uh, result for them. Always, uh, you know, a force in the University League, uh, Salford. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's going to be nice to see the, hopefully we'll be able to see the Manchester against Salford game down at uh, the AJ Bell again because last season that was, uh, was tasty, as we were saying last week. So that's one I'll be looking forward to again this season. Yeah, and Manchester Met, they beat Loughborough 51 uh, points to four. Um, you know, it's really good that Obviously, the Manchester University as well as South University, Paul uh, Parky. Sorry that you know they've uh, you know they've got rugby in both universities and and the you know they're providing great you know entertainment and and great sport. Yeah, I, I, rugby league in universities obviously it's been a major struggle just through the history of the the sport really. Um, but it seems very very strong at the moment. Uh, I've noticed over the last few years there's a lot more universities you know especially down south getting involved. Um, so, yeah, it's good. It's always good to see uh, any Salford team winning. So, well done to the uni team and, and Manchester as well. And it, you know, it'd be nice to get, you know, like we've, we've always wanted a really strong amateur team, you know, that or an, an amateur base, really, of a number of teams. It'd be great to have it in the, the colleges and the universities as well. Yeah, so that's the, uh, the look at our, you know, amateur section. And hopefully, you know, we're going to be a successful season for our, our amateur sides. Uh, so now what we'll do, we'll look forward uh, to the game against Widnes on uh, Sunday. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. So huge game at the AJ Bell Stadium on Sunday. Widnes Vikings, lead leaders of the Super League, come down to the AJ Bell Parker. Um, you know, big game after, after last week. Both teams, you know, coming off victories. Yeah, both teams should be buzzing, really. Amazing results. I don't think anybody in, in rugby league would have predicted either of them. Um, just, yeah, just sensational. Um, Witness must have, yeah, I don't know, they must have played out the skins to, to put that kind of score on, on Leeds. Um, it is, it's going to be exciting. It's good, that, you know, early in the season, we've got, you know, we've got a game to look forward to on a Sunday afternoon that could go either way. Um, I, both teams are probably fairly even when you look at personnel 
Um, you know, obviously they're danger man. He's, he's Kevin Brown as ever. Um, but they've got some good players out there as well. They've, they're not a bad team. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's going to be a it's going to be a battle, I think. I think a decent crowd might turn up, and hopefully we're all entertained. Yeah, witness. Um, you know, is the Kevin Brown show. Everything goes through uh, Kevin Brown, Paul. You know, other you know witness players. Who, who do you think is going to be worth you know looking out for? Make sure we don't you know leave them with too much space because they're going to cause the damage. No, I think they've got a danger man all over the field. I mean, you've got Reece Andre at fullback. Very dangerous. Always seems to play well against us. Mm. And uh, I was impressed with uh, the centre, that, that Rushiman against Leeds. I saw some of the highlights. They've got Chris Bridge there as well, who they signed from Warrington last season. That Joe Miller's an handful at half-back, and we've just mentioned Kevin Brown. But you've got guys like that Stefan Marsh as well, and the, the, who plays centre-wing for him as well. And he always seems to uh, step up against us. And another guy who looked impressive in the game against Leeds was the lad they signed from Hull. I think he played on the wing. Or that set to man to Sar, his name is. He played in the back row on uh, on Sunday against Leeds. So they've got danger men and strike players all over the over, over the pitch. And to be honest, they look a sort of similar side to us as well. You know, we're not the biggest pack in the world, mobile pack, but plenty of pace in the backs as well. So it's going to make. I think there'll be plenty of points in the game on Sunday. And I think it's going to be an exciting one. Yeah, uh, for me, you know, Chris Bridge. Uh, another ex-Warrington, you know, he's the man, um, you know, that if obviously Kevin Brown gets, uh, you know, either carted off or doesn't get, a, you know, have a decent game, you know, he, he's got a little bit of magic in him. I always thought, uh, Packy, he could have been, you know, the next Lee Brazier at, at Warrington, but it didn't quite work out for him. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the only thing is now, obviously, he's, he's getting towards the twilight of his career, I suppose. He, he may have lost a half a yard or whatever. I mean, you gain it in experience and it does make you, a, you know, probably a better all-round player, but, um, yeah, the, the key thing for us is, like against Saints, and it didn't happen against Hull, is win that forward battle. Make sure we play the game, you know, in their half or make it hard for them to, to get into our half. Make them really work for it. Because, um, like I say, I think both sets of backs are going to be fairly dangerous when they get near the line. Um, so I think it's who's going to, you know, win that forward battle. And, you know, hopefully looking at the, the, the what the lads did against Saints, we, you know, We'll think that we've got the edge, and I mean, you know what Leeds packs like, and so witness got over them. It's it's going to be it's interesting all over, man for man. It's there's not much in it at all. Yeah, looking at the witness pack, Paul. You know, we we've got a you know good set of forwards as well. It's going to be a you know a tough competition. Uh, them front rows, Aim and O'Carroll, um, is it Cahill, uh, Gerard? Lots of big engines in in that witness uh, mm. pack, and you know our packs going to have to stand up and and give it to them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, last season, I think we played them four times last season, didn't we? There was a couple of times. I think we won two and they won two. So they, they don't, I don't like packages. So there's not much to tween, between the two of us, really, is there? And uh, the one thing on Sunday, I don't think it's going to be like a 12 6, is it? It's going to be, you know, there's going to be points in that game, you know, unless the weather's like terrible or something. But I think it's going to be a lot of points and a nice scoring game. Uh, Packy, who, who do you think's under the most most pressure? Witness being top of the league after annihilating Leeds, or or, or us after you know great performance against Settlers the week before? Um, I'd I'd say it's always got to be on the home team. Uh, you, you've got to go out and win your home matches, um, and and back up. You know, we got we we basically had back to back home matches in, and it doesn't happen very often. And you need to you need to get your points at home if you're going to do anything in the league. Um. So I think the pressure's probably on us. I mean, Witness will be as surprised as anyone, I think, to be sitting top of the table. No disrespect, but, you know, they, they, they got by against Wakefield. But 
to do what they did to Leeds um, is, you know, it, it's unbelievable. Um, so I don't think I don't think either team's under any great pressure. Uh, it's still very early in the season, but these, you know, between us and witness, like we're saying, there's not much between us. And whoever you know might edge these these sort of games against each other, there's going to be at least three. Um, that might be that edge that gets you in the top eight by winning these games. So I think for being at home, I think I think the pressure is probably a little bit more on us. Yeah, Paul, we're going to be playing witness like Park. He said it, you know, two or three times throughout the season. Um, this being our home game against them, um, you know, like the extra bit of pressure, um, you know, becomes a, a kind of a six pointer because obviously the gap between, you know, eighth position and ninth position, you know, wasn't that much at the end of the season. And if you're going to win sort of two of the, two of the three games, that will put you in, you know, in, in the driving seat in the quest for the top eight. Yeah, definitely. We're going to play it, like you say, at least three times with a, with a magic game as well. So there's, there's six points up for grabs there. And it's like the other sides that are around you as well, isn't it? You play Wakefield twice, Castleford twice, Huddersfield twice, Hull twice, Hull KR twice. Those are the games, especially at home. You've got to be picking up the two points. And I mean, I don't know how many points it took last season to finish in the top eight. Was it about 26, something like that? So, yeah. you know, there were, there were stages last season where... You know, we we were still in the running for that, weren't we? It wasn't until sort of late on that we we fell away and lost them last couple of games. So there was a few games last season where we lost by a couple of points. You know, home to Castleford away at all games like that. You know, where we, we perhaps should have got over the line really. And hopefully this season, those those sort of games against them teams round us, we can just have that bit bit of edge and uh, you know and just take the points. I think the bottom line, Park, is if you want to finish in in the top eight, you need to win your own games, and and this is a big one uh, for me. I'm I'm looking at this game as I know Widnes destroyed Leeds uh, the week before, um, but if you're going to win uh, and you're going to get in that top eight, you win your own games and you have to beat Widnes at home. Oh, absolutely, and uh, you know to be fair, I mean we shouldn't we shouldn't be thinking too much about Widnes if we if we perform to the levels that we did against Saints last Thursday. Uh, I, I don't think there's many teams in the league can beat us when we play like that. You know, and that, that, I'm not I'm not getting too carried away when I say that. I mean that performance was. Was virtually perfect. Uh, you know, we cut out the mistakes, we kept the penalties down, and we turned Saints round constantly. If we can do that to, to witness on Sunday, we we can win the game, and that's where we've got to be thinking. We have got some quality players. You know, we've got a decent half-back uh, partnership there. Um, we know we've got pace and power out wide. Um, so again, I just I just think you know, if our forwards get on top, I, I don't think we should be you know overly concerned about what what witness can do. Um, you know they're they're travelling to us, so I, I don't know. I think I, I'm not I'm not overly worried about witness as such. I know it's going to be a tough game, but um, I think I think we've got to go into it very positive. Yeah, uh, Dennis Betts, uh, Salford lad, coach of of, of witness, uh, Paul. Do you think there's a little bit of pressure on him being a local lad who wants to come back to his own town city and and sort of get one over on us? I think he's had the pressure took off him really with it with the two wins winning two games. I mean, mm. they probably expected to beat Wakefield, but to beat Leeds at home. No, I mean people I've spoke to and I've read stuff in the press and that people were sort of saying us Wakefield and Witness to be be fighting out there for the for the wooden spoon. So I don't think there's any pressure on Betts really. I mean, he's away from home. The pressure's on us really. I think and it being the home side like Park, he said. And um, you know, if you'd have drawn the fixture list at the start of the season, and you know you've got Hull away, Saints at home, Witness at home. You'd have probably been thinking to yourself, our first win's going to be that witness game at home. I mean, we've won the Saints game now, which is a bonus, really. So the, this witness game's massive now to me. Yeah, uh, Phil Joseph uh, going up against his former club. Um, you know, we all know what Phil Joseph's all about. You know, 
big bursting runs at Parker. Um, you know, you think obviously he'll want to, you know, do what, you know, get one over on his ex-teammates. Yeah, I think if Phil Phil was like that, he'd be doing it nearly every week. I don't think there's many teams he's not played for. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, I was I, I was quite impressed with uh, Phil again on uh, on Thursday night when he came on. He, like you say, he's a big, strong lad, and he, he you know, he, he is awkward. He was always, always a pain for us playing against us. Um, but yeah, he, I think um, he'll be looking forward to it, obviously. Um, but I think man for man, they've done the work this week. They'll know who. Who their man is and who they've got to stop, and players will, you know, hopefully take some, you know, pride in that and beating their opposite number, and uh, that should happen all over the pitch, you know, no matter who's playing. Um, but yeah, there's not that many uh, players be- between us these days that have, you know, both played for both. It's uh, seems to be dying off a little bit. Yeah, um, obviously you haven't put the 19 uh, out yet, Paul. Um, obviously Junior Sal uh, missed the game because uh, of the birth of his new baby. And, you know, congratulations, uh, Junior, from the boys on the podcast. Um, do you think we, we put him back in? Um, or do, do we keep the same uh, kind of team we had against uh, St. Helens? I think you've got to go with the, the side that played St. Helens, really. I mean, I mean, I don't think you'd really really change that round. I mean, maybe bring Junior Sal back in. I'm not too sure. I mean, would you drop one of the lads from that game? It would be hard to, really, wouldn't it, after such a great win? So uh, and they've had the rest as well. They've had like sort of ten days rest, you know, Thursday to the following Sunday. So uh, it's not as if people are going to be, you know, tired or anything. So I think I'd I'd leave it the same. I mean, we've still got that conundrum between um, Gareth O'Brien and Evels, haven't we? But I don't know what what do we do there with that one. What I do mean, you think, uh, Parky? You know, obviously we had a little discussion last week about Evels or, or, or O'Brien. Where, you know, what whereabouts do you sit in the uh, O'Brien Evels debate? For me, Evolds has to start. Um, I, I just, you know, after what he produced last year, I mean, I heard on, or when I watched the, the game back the other day, that he actually scored 19 tries last year, you know, probably in all competitions. But that's some effort, that, from a, from a young lad. He's got that about him. He scored three and two already this year, both from the bench. Um, he, he's safe at full-back. I can see what Watson's thinking. He wants, you know, the three half-backs on the pitch. But I think the way Neville... Uh, Nile levels played coming into the line a lot. Um, I don't think we need that. I'd probably rather have O'Brien on the bench just in case you need to switch something up in the halves if something's not working. Um, keep him fresh for that. Um, but it's interesting about Sauer as well. I mean, you, you would say at the start of the year, Junior Sauer's in your starting lineup every week if he's fit. Um, but, you know, you, you had Jones and Griffin playing in centres. Well, I thought Josh Jones was, was brilliant the other night. Uh, so he can't be dropped. Um, is there a place on the bench for, for Junior? I, I, I don't know. I mean, he's big enough to play play sort of back row if he needs to, but um, it's, it's a nice dilemma to have. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I suppose with Josh Griffin, he, he kicks the goals, doesn't he? So obviously we need him on the field to, to kick goals. But like you said, you know, Josh Jones, I thought, was, was fantastic on Thursday night. And it's, 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 a, it's a sign, uh, Paul, that, that we've got a quality squad, you know, with with good quality quality depth, you know, and it's gonna, you know, it's a headache that you know we don't have really. It's more of a Ian Watson headache to have to be able to fit, you know, the players in the squad. Yeah, of course it is, and like you're saying about Josh Griffin, then I mean, say you don't pick Josh Griffin, you've got Michael Dobson who can kick goals, Gareth O'Brien can kick goals. I remember a couple of years ago going into, I think when Noble was coaching us, I think we went into that season and we didn't even have a recognised goal kicker in the, the squad. But like this season, now you've got three lads there who can kick goals. But like we're going back to the Evels debate again, I'd like to see Niall starting, I think. But I was impressed with, with the way Gareth O'Brien played. Mm. But 
Um, I just think that Niall just gives us that extra edge there, and he's always there backing up as well. And he's for his, just for his try try ratio um, and the way he played last season, I think he. I mean, I might bring bring him into the side for Sunday, but and then what, what did you do with Gareth O'Brien? Do you have him on the bench, or do you have Logan Tompkins on the bench? You're not going to go with both of them. So, but there is it's nice conundrums to have, I and mean, we've not had this before, have we? We've had this much competition for places. Yeah, I agree with that. But I'm I'm in the O'Brien camp. I like that having the extra pivot in the line causes a bit of chaos. Uh, in in the you know the offensive line for them uh, having you know whether to whether he's going to pass or whether he's going to run and I think he, he adds that little bit you know extra more in that situation than Neville's does uh, but we'll we'll have to wait and see and see what you know uh, Ian Watson decides um, what's your score prediction Packy what do you think it's uh, going to finish oh this is uh, I've been I've been sort of dreading this to be honest um, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with 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 us. Um, but but only only slightly. I'll say twenty two fourteen. Twenty two fourteen Salford. Yeah. How about yeah. you, Paul? You know what? What do you think? I'm going to go Salford thirty five. Witness twenty two. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say Dobson's going to drop a goal late on to just kill him off. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Salford. I'm going to think it's going. I'm just out of thing. I'm going to think it's going to get a bit nervy. Um, I think both sides. You know. We'll want to back up the performance from from last week. Uh, I'm going to go uh, for Salford ten, uh, Widnes eight. I think it's going to be a close game, mm. and I think it's going to be a nervy one. Uh, you know, if we thought there was nerves, um, you know, before the kickoff uh, against St Helens, but you know, if we, you know, we put a performance uh, against St Helens, uh, and we know what the team are capable of now, and you know, Widnes destroying Leeds, they're going to be full of confidence as well. So it's going to be two teams both going at it, and I'm I'm thinking that we've got enough in the tank. Uh, to get over the line, um, defenses are going to be on top. Then you think, yeah, there, Rob. Yeah, well, to be honest, they, they were solid. They were solid yeah. on Thursday night. The the, the consistency was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know the intensity levels were were amazing. The best I think we we put our blog out uh, midweek about you know what we thought was that were the best performances since uh, you know since the the, the Saints game. Um, and you know I thought you know intensity levels were amazing. I'm, I'm hoping that we'll have a similar performance on the Sunday, and and obviously that will enough to get as a result hopefully so that's the end of another podcast um i've had some good uh good chat here parker yeah it's been excellent really enjoyed it yeah and also uh let me say we've done really well considering we've got two pauls and two parkies i think we've done you know really really quite well <laughs> paul Gee. Yeah, I forgot about that there. Then. Yeah, you're a park, you know. Yeah, right? yeah. You, you yeah we've done all right there. We've, we've got got across okay. No one's uh, no mistakes. So, yeah. yeah, sorted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I kind of dawned on me about maybe ten minutes before we started. I thought, well, this, this could get a bit awkward, but it all <laughs> came out in came out in the wash in the end, didn't it, boys? So uh, yeah, sound good effort. Fantastic uh, podcast. Thanks for you know listening to us. Um, you know, every week uh, on the podcast, we had over sort of eight hundred people listen uh, last week, including on the. Uh, the Rugby League Radio. Uh, but you can find us on, on our Facebook, uh, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on SoundCloud uh, and at Twitter at DITD SRD uh, and rlinternetradio.com. So lots of uh, Sulphur Red Devils uh, chat to listen to in the next couple of weeks. Um, and uh, thanks for listening, and we'll, uh, we'll see you again next week.
Devil in 